The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Monday edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Hopefully you guys had a uh, fun weekend. And here in uh, Lexington, they had the big uh, Woodland Arts Fair after it got canceled last year due to COVID. So uh, huge crowds, it looked like, for that. Um, just a, a nice weekend all in all. And I think Oscar Combs tweeted this out. If you're a college football fan, this was the, the last weekend for a long time, which there would be no college football. We'll get games started next weekend, and we're inside of two weeks now for the major opening of uh, all the most of the teams. A few will play next weekend, but most everybody will open up the next week, including the Wildcats. So we'll talk about that today with U.K. Defensive Coordinator Brad White leading us off. Got a little update heading into the final two weeks. This is kind of a, a different phase they move into. Today is an off day, and then um, they'll uh, get classes are starting. And so first day of class is always an off day for the from football practice. So they'll get back at it tomorrow. And the up to this point, kind of the training camp phase, they got through their two major Saturday scrimmages, and then now it shifts more into preparing for that opening game and the start of the season. So we'll talk with Coach White about how things are looking on the defensive side. Coach Mark Stoops is in Louisville today to talk to the Jefferson County chapter of the UK Alumni Association. And so uh, perhaps there'll be some news that comes out of that. Also today, uh, Rob Bromley, longtime uh, sports anchor, WKYT-TV and the UK Network. And Rob's retired now. We'll get some of his thoughts on Kentucky football and the UK sports scene. And then uh, Ralph Hacker is going to join us uh, towards the end of the program. Taped an interview with Ralph yesterday because he had an appointment at this uh, time in this hour, so he couldn't be with us live. So uh, he had a longtime friendship with Tom T. Hall, who we lost on Friday. Uh, also lost uh, another Kentucky music icon, Don Everly, over the weekend. But uh, Ralph had a lot of great stories about Tom T. Hall, so including uh, – a little connection to UK football with Tom T. So we'll hear from uh, Ralph later on in the show. Right now, let's jump right into the Wildcat news of the day. Uh, Saturday was the second major scrimmage, and now uh, any scrimmaging that's done, they'll do on a, you know, a limited basis in practices. But um, I'll try to keep everybody healthy now to get them to the first game. And got through these two scrimmages without any major injuries, which is always good. Uh, Coach Mark Stoops uh, seemed pleased at, uh, when he talked to the media after the scrimmage session on Saturday. UK put out a highlights video. There were a few interesting tidbits on that. You saw uh, Jordan Dingle, the freshman tight end from Bowling Green that Freddie Maggard has uh, been talking up since the state championship game last December. Uh, saw him with a nice touchdown catch in the highlights. Uh, you saw couple of different throws where uh, Will Levis put some nice touch on the football. And again, you're just these are just short clips that were the, the highlights that were pick, picked out. There obviously can be some bad plays that they don't show you. But these are just a few note, noteworthy things. You saw Travis Tisdale uh, show up a couple of times in the uh, highlight clips that UK sent out. And uh, with uh, Juton McLean 
having his situation, which we'll uh, talk more about in a minute, that could open up an opportunity for somebody like uh, Travis Tisdale in that running back room. Lavelle Wright, too. And uh, Rashawn Lewis, uh, wide receiver, wearing number 19 now. He's changed from 28 to 19. He showed up in uh, the highlights clip with a nice catch that uh, UK put out. So I just thought those were a couple of, or a few interesting tidbits of guys that, uh, other than Levis, we haven't talked about as much that made it on the highlights tape from the Saturday scrimmage. After the scrimmage, in addition to the game action, Stoops was obviously asked about the issue with the six players who were arrested last week, and I thought he handled it uh, very well. It was candid. He said the players are no longer participating in team activities as the legal process plays out. Uh, There was a school council that had not taken any action, uh, and the uh, players were allowed to return to the, the team. But Stoops says it's important to see what happens through the legal process. Is there more information that emerges that uh, wasn't known to uh, them or to that student council? He said also the players deserve a chance to defend themselves. There was a WDRB uh, uh, story from Eric Crawford, I think on Friday, talking to uh, some of the students who were allegedly at the party and uh, made some some claims that painted an ugly scene. So you're going to hear... Things play out in, in the in the media and social media and whatever when something like this happens. Uh, we'll just try to stick to the facts and pass them along as uh, as they come up. But so the next step is just uh, I think there's a hearing this week for the players and it uh, the legal system will play out and uh, we'll see if there's you know some more evidence or or what happens. So that's uh, that's what there is there. Uh, links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk, we'll talk with Brad White, UK Defensive Coordinator, uh, Rob Bromley a little later, then Ralph Hacker. It is the Monday edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. We'll be right back. I want you. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. It's the Everly Brothers. A lot of musical talent that's come out of Kentucky over the years, east and west. Uh, these guys from the western part and um, had influenced uh, so many other artists uh, that you've heard stories about over the years. Anyway, Don Everly passed over the weekend. Um, so Shannon's spinning a little Everly Brothers tune there as we welcome in UK Defensive Coordinator Brad White on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Uh, Coach White, when you listen to, to music, what are your, where do your musical tastes go? Wow, that's tough. Um, I, I kind of go everywhere. I, I'm one of those guys that don't really know the artists. I just really like the song. So then everybody asks, hey, what do you like? I'm like, <laughs> I know a song, but I don't know who sang it. Um, I'm kind of one of those guys. Well, it's uh, like you know what you like, I, though. Pretty, yeah, but pretty eclectic. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of that way, too. From country to, to, to rock to, to Christian. So you, you name it, I listen to it. Yeah, I kind of uh, am the same way there, so I can appreciate that. Let's talk a little football. You had the second uh, major scrimmage of uh, August, and uh, it's always, number one, great to get through those without any significant injuries. But um, what did you see from your guys uh, on on the defensive side that uh, you liked or or even didn't like in the scrimmage on Saturday? You know, starting with what what I liked, I liked the energy. Uh, Again, I 
I, I've really felt it through all of camp. Um, but we, we came out strong. Uh, you know, in that first scrimmage, I don't feel like we played as well as, uh, you know, I was hoping we would. Um, and, and kind of challenged the guys uh, in the, the unit meeting ahead of time, and they responded. They came out, uh, you know, with a good spirit about them. Um, made some plays early, uh, did some good things on, on third down, uh, which is good to see. That's something, uh, you know, an area we really need to uh, continue to improve upon. Um, so that was that was positive to see, seeing some guys that, you know, again, I individually challenged, and, and, and I'm not going to, you know, talk about who specifically that was, but um, to see them sort of step up in the scrimmage. And because we, there are certain guys in certain positions that, uh, we need to kind of take take the reins, and because now we're we're two weeks out, we need to start, you know, solidifying, you know, what we're going to look like, what kind of packages we're going to be in, and um, so it's that, that was important for me to see um, some things. You know, again, like we started fast, but then there was a, a little bit uh, of a lull, sort of mid practice, and uh, and we dug dug our way back out of it, but uh, a good teaching moment for those young guys to understand that hey, it doesn't matter how fast you come out, you know, it's a 60-minute game. And, uh, you know, you can have a great first quarter, but if you love going into halftime and then coming out of halftime, those uh, last five, first five are, are just vital for momentum purposes. With I mean, Coach Stoops at uh, a couple points has talked about uh, you could do more with a – uh, a little more with the package where you have five DBs out there. I mean, you've got a lot of, especially in the safety spot, a lot of, of uh, talent and depth there. You've got, you guys had a great uh, D-line recruiting class a couple of years ago, so you've got a lot of young talent there. Um, I, I, this is all leading up to saying, is this the most versatile defense maybe you've had in terms of different ways you could deploy things, different packages you could put out there with the, the depth that you have? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could make that argument. Um, it, it's it's unique. Every every team that, <clears throat> since I've been a coordinator, even when I came in eighteen, when uh, Coach House was going, just sort of had different strength areas. And so, I think the the key is to um, to find where you can be versatile in a, in, in what area. Um, but yeah, I think from a, a safety position, I think from a, a an inside linebacker, defensive line, I think really again we talk about going down the middle uh, is probably where we have our most depth. Um, so you know we we'll have the ability to to play some different guys uh, in some different spots. Um, but it, it's it's always it's a little bit unique in that you know inside guys tend to have vision lines that are box oriented outside guys, you know, are outside in. And so it's not as easy as just saying, Hey, this guy, you just go play this position because if it's, even though they may be, you know, one of the best 11, you know, and that's where the, the trick of the, the whole thing comes in is trying to get the best players on the field at, in every situation, but without overloading or weakening yourself, you know, by making a move like that. So um, I know that was kind of a convoluted way of saying, yeah, we have the ability to be versatile, um, but we have to make sure that, that we're putting these guys in the right spots where they can be successful and not just say, hey, just go out there. It's a position that you don't know, but 
don't worry about it. You're you're a good football player. You'll figure it out. And it, it doesn't work like that. There's been a, a good bit of buzz about a couple of freshman uh, linebackers, uh, Martez Thrower and, and Trevin Wallace. Um, have those guys continued to uh, show the promise that they did early in camp? They have. They've, they continue to uh, show that they can get ball carriers to the ground, which is great. That's two scrimmages in a row that, that they've showed uh, the ability. It, you know, I'm not saying that they have Jamin's tackling ability right now, but that's what it reminds me of in the Jamin's ability to pin ball carriers to the ground. That's when I watch, you know, both Trevin and Martez, when they tackle you know, there's not much yards after contact when they when they strike, and, Good and that's, to hear. that's a positive. And, and they're only going to get bigger and stronger. Um, they're going to play, continue to play faster and faster as they get more and more comfortable within the scheme uh, of the defense. And, um, and the the other thing is now, as much as they had to absorb from a whole package, we don't we won't ever bring the entire package into a game. So it'll be pared down a little bit for each game plan. So now they can really focus in, you know, on what they have to do on that specific week. It's been a good bit written about Marquand McCall and the, the weight that he's dropped to get himself in uh, better shape. Uh, are you seeing what you want to see out of him heading into the season? I am uh, very much encouraged. Uh, you know, uh, he mindset-wise, he's carried it over from spring. Uh, he's very locked in, you know, when he's out on the field, uh, really done a good job of encouraging the younger guys. Um, so it's not just a Marquan worried about Marquan. Marquan's worried about everybody, you know, the D line, you know, when, if I, if I asked the defense, Hey, does anybody want to say something? He's not afraid to stand up in front of the defense and, and make a point. Uh, he's been really positive, you know, when, when he does address, you know, the defense, you know, you know, encouraging to the guys and, um, so that's that's been good, and then obviously, he's, you know, his play sort of speaks for itself. He's he's a, a force there in the middle, um, you know, and some things we're still cleaning up, but he is more self aware. Like when he makes a mistake, you know, in the past you'd have to let him know, and he'd look at you like, "Did I make a mistake?" But now he knows before you even say anything. Hey, if he if he missed a check or he went the wrong way, and he'll even ask, "Hey, can we repeat that play? Let's do that thing again." So um, that's been that shows growth, uh, maturity on his part, and we need to continue. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the two scrimmages I've seen uh, beyond his play on the field, he is vocal, and you know, <laughs> you know, he is. I think he even got a penalty on Saturday for one point for you know running out on the field for a celebration or something. He he has been very positive in terms of rooting on his teammates. He, he has, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, we have to be you know controlled and disciplined, and um, you know, I, I think he understands that you know when the lights are on that 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 you can't leave the sideline or do anything like that. But again, I'd, it is encouraging to see how how involved he is. You know, even when he's not on the field, Coach. I know it's busy time for you guys, so we appreciate you jumping on with us for a few minutes. We'll let you go, and uh, we'll see you soon. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you so much. That's Brad White, UK defensive coordinator, joining us on the DrinkSword.com hotline here on the Leach Report. Rob Bromley. Next up, when we come right back. There wasn't anyone around. 
concept is You're tuned to today. Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. On TV. Uninvited, he sat down and opened up his mind. Tom T. Hall. And uh, we'll... Uh, Roll in a little Tom T. Hall, more Everly Brothers, as we move through the show today, as we lost Tom T. on Friday and uh, Don Everly uh, yesterday or late Saturday. Rob Bromley joins us now on the DrinkSword.com hotline, longtime sports director at WKYT here in Lexington, a fixture in the U.K. network for, for many, many years. And uh, Rob, uh, I know you've told us before when you first arrived, it was uh, at a glory period for uk football uh, took a while to get back to that 10 win level <laughs> uh, but yes. uh, give me your take on uh, what mark stoops what you're seeing mark stoops do with this program well it's uh it, it's been good tom it uh, obviously it, it really has been i can remember years ago i can't remember exactly when it was sometime in the probably the 1980s someone asked Greenwood. Uh, well, what he thought football was going to do in the fall. And he, and he said, well, it's a mystery. And I got to thinking about that. Over the years, so so, so often, it's it's been a mystery what it's going to be like. But uh, I think now here in recent years under March Stoops, it's become less of a mystery. Uh, you know, you, you've definitely got the feeling, hey, they're going to be pretty good. And I, you know, I think the reason for that, uh, just to generalize it, uh, he's, he's brought in good people around him. And I think that's what you have to do to be successful with football. You're coaching a lot of people, and you, you've got to have the right people in place to help you to, to do the job and, and get these kids ready, get the various positions ready. Uh, he's done very, very well at that. And, of course, as everybody knows, a, a major, major change this year with Liam Cohen coming in, and I think a lot of it hinges on, you know, what he can do and, and what we get from uh, Will Levis, a quarterback. But uh, uh, Mark Stoops, is, uh, he stayed the course, wanted to, to run the ball. He's done that, and... Uh, now certainly looking for improvements in the passing game here with Levis coming in. Rob Bromley with us. We'll take a break and continue the discussion in just a moment here on the Leach Report for Monday. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. From the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, we return to our Monday show and visit with uh, Rob Bromley from WKYT-TV and the UK Network for many years. Rob's retired now. Uh, you know, we've seen great, uh, you and I both have seen them come through great individual talents, a Tim Couch, a uh, uh, Mo Williams, etc. But uh, it's, I think, uh, I'm guessing you would be uh, agree with this, that the amazing thing of what this uh, group of coaches has done is uh, how they've been able to recruit in the offensive and defensive lines to be able to compete in the league? Well, they, they really have, Tom. And, you know, when you, you talk about having success and, and going forward, uh, certainly there are areas where they need to improve. But what you've got to keep doing, you've got to keep doing the things well that you have been doing. 
and uh, there, there can never be any guarantees. Well, what have they been able to do well? They've been able to run the ball uh, because of the kids that they've, they've had up front there on the offensive line, and it certainly would appear that they're going to be able to do that this season, but you've know, you got, you got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing that. The same thing is true over on the defensive side. They've, they've been able to get uh, some pretty good play on their defensive line, how they've got to keep doing that this season and, and just keep going with it and at the same time improve in other areas. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been impressive. Uh, you know, yeah, when I came here, they had some great players uh, on both sides of the football. And certainly uh, on the defensive side, Art Still was uh, just a, a tremendous uh Tremendous player. They had, they had some other really good players on both both sides of the line, but it's a it's a big key in uh, the way they've recruited. Uh, uh, it's just been outstanding, and I, I think they'll be able to continue to recruit the way they the way they built on uh, built on both sides. Is there a, was there a, a Kentucky football player of the years beyond the the obvious stars like Tim and Mo and Art and ones we've mentioned. Anybody was a little under the radar that you thought uh, just really enjoyed uh, watching him play or what he accomplished? Yeah, there's been, there's been quite a few. Uh, uh, gosh, I, I think back, uh, I remember in the early and, and starting to get into the mid-80s, uh, Paul Calhoun was a very, very heady type player. Uh he turned in some some big plays. Uh, it was in the nineteen eighty four season when they won nine games. Uh, he faked the punt down at uh, Mississippi State. It was an afternoon game down there, and uh, Paul was uh, kind of you know under the radar. He was out of Louisville, and uh, was just a you know outstanding outstanding player. There 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 have been a lot of them. Uh, Tom, you know, you think back uh, over the years, and uh, there are going to be quite a few more, I think, as we look down the road here. But um, there were there were a lot of players who were kind of under the radar on the on the Kersey teams, you know, in the late in the late seventies, were, were very very good. Uh, like Jaffe, you know, they've, they've had so many good Rick lineups. Jaffe. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Down down through the years, you know, you think of the. Yeah, it's hard to remember all the names as I, I go through it. But Tom, they, they've had some really good linebackers here. Uh, uh, that just, uh, you know, really weren't as touted like like Hart and, and Derek was over on the offensive side. But they were they were outstanding players. Yeah, I even think back to when Coach Kersey first came here. I think uh, he inherited Frank Lamaster and then, you know, uh, Jim Kovach and Randy Holleran. I'm just going right. to miss names. Uh, you know, uh, Braxton Kelly in recent years, Wesley Woodyard, obviously. Um, yeah, Randy so, was definitely one that, that stands out, Randy Holleran. Yeah, it uh, gets overlooked. Christian Alt's one that uh, Freddie Mack is always trumpeting that gets overlooked, which is uh, – uh, uh, very good points and some, some of the achievements he had um rob it's it's fun to reminisce and uh i appreciate you jumping on with us uh we'll we'll do this again as hopefully a, a successful football season unfolds and uh we'll uh get you back on to uh talk about it at some point thank you all right thank you tom it's good to visit with you you too rob bromley
Uh, we are coming up on 21 before the top of the hour. It is the Leach Report. Rob coming to us on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Check out the newest product from Sword Performance, the Sword Performance line, and that is Shield Balanced Electrolytes, natural ingredients. You can hydrate better and faster, and it's going to be hot and humid these next few days. You need a bottle of Shield when you're out uh, working in the yard or uh, on the farm or wherever it might be, practicing, uh, playing golf, etc. We'll be right back with Ralph Hacker. Remember the year that Clayton Delaney died. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. It made a big impression on me. Although I was a barefoot kid. Welcome in on the DrinkSword.com hotline. My dear friend, Mr. Ralph Hacker. Um, And Ralph, uh, among... Uh, many things was a great friend of Tom T. Hall, who we lost on Friday. Uh, I remember the day that Clayton Delaney died. You referenced that in your Facebook post, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. That, and I looked it up, that's 50 years old this year. came out in 71. That might be my favorite Tom T. Hall song. What's yours? Oh, I've got so dead bird many of them, Tom, uh, that it's just, just hard to pick one. I love, or Sneaky Snake. Some of those songs that uh, that were I love was a commercial success, but it became a commercial success because they used it on a Chevy commercial one time. And uh, you know, I love little baby ducks. Oh, yeah. They played that in the background. Old pickup trucks. They were playing Chevy that on the, the CBS stage. Sunday Morning on their little yeah. segment they do on the people that have passed in the last week, and uh, that's the song yeah. they played of his. Oh, he had so many great songs. It's just just unbelievable. What a you know what a poet he was. Uh, he once told me that he had applied to the University of Kentucky out of high school, and the U.K. turned him down, said he didn't have the academics to attend the University of Kentucky. So he went to Moorhead. He shook his head and took a sip of his beer and said, if I'd have gone to U.K., I'd probably become, become a, an English major. Well, <laughs> it would have been like country that. music's loss. <laughs> <laughs> it would have for the fact. They call him talent, the, the storyteller. Talent. Tell us the story of how you became friends. Well, it's a kind of a long story, Tom, and I was always a Tom T. Hall fan from back in the 60s, but I'll shorten as much as I can. We were on a manager's trip with uh, the Bluegrass Broadcasting Group, and some were sitting in Miami, Florida, with Hart Hagen and Bill Stakeland. Everybody sitting there having drinks, and I'm sitting there having a, having a gin and tonic, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting in Miami pouring blended whiskey down. So I sat there and wrote the entire song on a napkin, and Hart Hagen and Bill Stakeland looked at me and said, That's unbelievable. So we know you could write songs. How would you sing it? So I did. I sang it for them. And I had enough to drink that I thought I could sing. <laughs> well, they started calling people over to the over the table, had me sing it. Got on the airplane, going to the next stop, and they had me singing it to everybody. This went on for two days, and it wasn't until oh maybe the third day. Even Ralph Gabbard didn't pick up on it, and he was with us uh, the next day. Is it Ray Holbrook, who was uh, at the time he was the president of our company? Is it Ray Holbrook? Said all hell. Tom T. Hall put that out six months ago. So I, I, tell, I tell Ralph Emery that story. One day, I get this phone call from Ralph, and he says, uh, Son, Tom T. and I want to come up today and play golf. I said, All right. So he and Tom got an airplane and uh, chartered an airplane. And Max Ryan, who did the Derby Classic basketball game, started that stuff. He came over from Louisville. He ran our station there. And so the four of us were playing golf at Greenbrier. So I've got about a, oh, maybe a four-foot putt. And it was the first time I'd ever met Tom T. Hall in person. 
and I got about a four foot putt. And just as I bring the putter forward, Tom says, I always wanted to meet the guy that wrote Watermelon Wine. <laughs> I, I knocked it completely off the green. Well, from then on, whenever he toured in Central, in Kentucky, he'd say this oh, every time. And I went to see him many times. He'd say, start strumming the guitar, and he'd say, a friend of mine, you all may know, wrote this, Ralph Hacker, University of Kentucky broadcaster. So he wrote this song and says it's been, it's been awful good to me. And he'd sing Watermelon Wine and would never... I never deviate. I had hundreds, if not thousands, of people come up to me over the years and congratulate me on writing Watermelon Wine. What a great story. So that was my introduction to Tom T. Hall, and we remained friends so up till he died. I mean, we, we haven't talked probably in the last maybe nine or ten months, but we, we, we stayed in touch. Uh, but I have so many great stories uh, I know about Tom T. Uh, you could go on and on and on and on and on. But I, I could fill your entire uh, program just Tom T. stories. You know, he one time he flew in here and we played golf, and he and I and Ralph, and I took him back out to the airport, and we sat there in a car and just talked for must about an hour and a half, just three of us didn't talk. And he says, uh, hey, you know, he was a great friend of Jimmy Carter's. Jimmy Carter had invited him to the White House, not to play, just to come up. So he went up there, and he said, until you set up in the middle of the, of the Lincoln bedroom, in the middle of the bed, and you're sitting there playing your guitar and singing your songs, and the President of the United States has just come in in his jogging suit, and he's sitting there in the middle of that bed with you singing, says, you haven't lived. And he said he said to me, Tom, I know you don't want to go to this event. i got to go to downstairs, but i got to go downstairs and shake and howdy. He said, stay here or go with me, whatever you want to do. He said, if you want us to hear, pick up that phone and tell them who you want to talk to. And said, they'll find them. He said, it's the dead burnest thing I've ever seen. He said, I tried to call about a half a dozen people, and you being one of them, talking to me. And he said, I tried to call Ralph. I tried to call you. He said, the only guy I could get a, get a hold of, I can't remember his name well, was the guy who ran the pool room in Matewan, West Virginia, where he used to work. And he said, I called him, and I said, you know, John, it's Tom T. He said, Tom, where are you? And he said, you're not going to believe it. He said, I'm in the... I'm sitting up in the Lincoln bedroom in the White House in Washington, D.C. And the guy said, Tom, what jail are you in? I'll come get you out. <laughs> he said, I never convinced him that I was in the White House making that call. And, and, he, and then speaking to the Carters, one time we were in Nashville, and, and we went down there specifically to, uh, to this fundraiser that Miss Dixie was having for, uh, I think it was the Humane Society of whatever county Franklin is in. That's where they live. And she was having this big fundraiser, so we had a party the night before at somebody else's house. And so the entire party is at uh, Ralph Emery and Tom T. and Billy Carter and I stood out at the corner of the house and told lies. And Billy Carter said, well, I don't play golf, but I'll come and drive the beer cart tomorrow. So he did. So we get back to Tom's house, and the people who are supposed to put up the portatories haven't shown up. This is the honest to God's truth. There were four or five portatories, and they were put up. Holes were dug. Platforms were put in by Billy Carter, Ralph Hacker, Ralph Emery, and Tom T. Hall. I always felt like I put that on my resume. <laughs> that would be <laughs> oh. that'd be something not many people would put on a resume. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, Billy, yeah, Billy Carter said, I, I can't play golf. I'd grab that beer cart. 
But we had, I met so many people, you know, through him and, and with him. And, and when Dean was playing football here for the short time he played it in Kentucky, Tom would come up to nearly every game, and nearly every game he would call me. I forgot about that. His son played here. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He would call me. He played at Grayson County. He, 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 he called and said, uh, I'm coming up to the football game. Uh, you know, if you've got time, uh, meet me at the Hyatt. We'll all go have dinner. So he and I and Dean and maybe a couple of Dean's buddies on the football team would go out and have dinner that night. Uh, Marilyn was just reminding me earlier today that she said, you remember when you were going to Alaska and Tom T. came to a football game? It was pretty cold. It was your all's first trip to go up there for the, for the great Alaskan shootout. And Tom had on this, uh, this fur coat. I said, I do. And he took it off and gave it to you and says, you're going to need this worse than I do. And he gave me this fur coat that I had up to just a few years ago. But he, like I say, he was, he was special. Take a little detour from the normal UK sports conversation here for a chat with the Ralph Hacker about his friendship with the late Tom T. Hall. He uh, also gave you a guitar. You posted that story on Facebook. Well, you know, I had an accident, which was stupid of me. I'd, I'd run six miles one day, and I got a hypoglycemic and didn't realize it was on the back of a boat. and fell off the boat and broke my shoulder, uh, broke my leg in uh, two places, and shattered my ankle, so I was laid up pretty good. And I get this phone call from Tom T., and he said, uh, and Ralph had told him about it, and he said, uh, what are you going to do while you're all laid up? And I said, I don't know. He said, well, you got to do something. So I want to send you something. That was it. And about two days later, I get this guitar in a case, and I get a book of Tom T. Hall songs. He said, now learn to learn the songs. And I never did learn to play because it happened to be my left arm that I couldn't raise up, you know, oh. to chord the guitar. Uh, and I never told him that, uh, that I didn't learn to play. I just always thanked him for the guitar when I would see him. Well, it's something to do now. Well, that's, you know, that's what he would say. And you brought up Clayton Delaney. We were with him one time. I don't mean to be dropping names. I've been fortunate, as you well know, to have known a lot of people. Yes. And a lot of it had to do because of the job that you're now doing, as people were U.K. fans. But in the course of all this one time, we were somewhere, and I was trying to remember life me where it was, and we were with Bobby Bear. And it was just Ralph and Bobby Bear and Tom T. and me, and as I recall. And we got to talking about things and and Bobby Bear let us know that he was he was a Kentucky. He said, Your kid. He said, I was born in the hospital in Pikeville, Kentucky. Well none of us knew that. Nobody has ever written about that. But that's what he said. That's what he told us today. So I said, uh, Tom, who was Clayton Delaney? And he said, I'll tell you, but you can't ever tell anybody because his family are pretty mean. So did come to me today and want residuals. So I I've never told anybody the guy's name but he told me and but he he called the guy's name out. And Bobby says, I know them. I knew him. Yes, and he was so, 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 and so, and so. And Tom said, yeah, that's exactly who it was wow. on the thing. So Clayton Delaney was, was a real person. What a, and, uh... you, know, you, you know, I tried to say one other thing about a song that he wrote called, uh, it's an Alan Jackson hit, Sold Millions. And it was called uh, Itty Bitty. You remember that song? Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all right to be Itty Bitty, big old town, a little old city. He and Miss uh, Dixie, and bought a place down in uh, St. George's Island. And I uh, went down there one time and I saw that place. But uh, he had, uh, Mixed Dixie was a lot more sociable than Tom about having events and raising money and doing things like that. He'd lend his name, he'd give him money, but he just didn't like to get in that, you know, shaking howdy bus. But he would take off and go to, he bought uh, uh, Jake Butcher's 
limo when Jake Butcher went, went bankrupt. He bought the limo from Jake, Jake the estate sale or whatever you call it, bankruptcy sale. And, and that's what, if he couldn't, didn't have a guy who would drive him, who usually was uh, one member of his band, he'd drive himself in a big, long limo and then go down to St. George's Island. Back. He'd just be by himself and the driver most of the time. So he's coming back up through there and starts, he said he started humming this song, going through these little towns, not taking the interstate. And what came out of it was Itty Bitty. And, and, and when he had, when Alan Jackson had the number one song on that, we happened to be playing football down there. And, uh, and right after the football game, uh, we knew we were going to this thing with him. Went outside, and he's got this big Jake Butcher limo parked out there. And uh, he's got Marilyn in there and Ralph and Joy Emery and Miss Dixie. We all pile in there and go down to the, 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 the number one party. Amazing uh, collection of stories. I appreciate you sharing some of them with us. Well, I could, say I could go all day talking about my friend Tom T. Hall. He was special. I'm guessing you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I could listen to those stories uh, for another hour. And Ralph would have plenty of them to tell. He, like Tom T. Hall, he is a great storyteller. But there are commercials to play and other shows to listen to. And we need to keep moving on. And we'll do that and be right back to close out this one in just a moment on the Leach Report Radio Network. If you love somebody enough, you'll follow wherever they go. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. I doing some reading about Tom T. Hall after he passed and listening to some of his music. And I didn't realize he wrote this one. Love, love this song. And one of the famous, most famous songs he wrote, of course, was Harper Valley PTA. It became number one on the pop chart and the country chart. Um, happy birthday to former Wildcat P.J. Washington. Uh, also, Randall Cobb, belated happy birthday. His was yesterday, and I ran out of time on Friday. Forgot to say happy birthday to Coach Brooks. Rich Brooks turned uh, 80, I think it was, on Friday. Belated happy birthday to him. Uh, two U.K. basketball uh, recruiting targets uh, reportedly have received offers from the G League. Uh, Shaden Sharp and Derek Lively from the class of 22 uh, on three sports reporting that Lively's offer is uh, would ex- is expected to be a half million dollars. Joey Gatewood is officially transferred to Central Florida. Uh, that was uh, speculated on last week. And uh, did you see that 22 UK football commit Destin Wade had quite a game in his high school opener for a senior season? Six carries, 273 yards, and four touchdowns. Going to do it for our Monday edition of the Leach Report. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody.